Lord is good. I can feel that. Alright, let's take our declaration of understanding, then we'll study a bit, and then we'll continue to pray. Alright, I want to let's go now, I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. And that's exactly what the Lord will do for you today. Amen. The word will enter your heart. Amen. It will give you light. Amen. It will guide you in the right path. Amen. It will help you make that right decision. Amen. Now you came in here, you don't know what to do. By the time you are leaving, you will know exactly what to do. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. No matter how confusing it might seem, listen, this is what God is going to do. As His word is entering your heart, he will set everything aright for you. Amen. What you are supposed to do will be clear. Amen. And if you are sick, it will heal you. Amen. Trivial things like ordinary my nose is blocked, it will heal it. Amen. Severe things like my leg is broken, it will heal it. Amen. Cancer is growing, it will heal it. Amen. They say I'm diabetic, it will heal it. Amen. Kidneys not working, you will wake them up. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Strength for that heart that is weak. It will come as this word is coming into your ears and enter into your spirit. Amen. Yeah, that's what will happen to you today. Amen. Your heart will be healed. Amen. I say your heart will be healed. Amen. Your heart will be healed. Amen. A man that's had a stroke, that portion of the brain will recover. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Severely elevated blood pressure will come down. Amen. Anxiety will depart from that heart. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. That is what the word does. We are not making any new discovery. That's what the word does. It's a habit of the word. The, read your Bible. Whoever came to Jesus and he said, no, I won't heal today. The only one that I recorded for that Jesus did not answer, that woman collected it by force. What did I tell you? It was the will of God. 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 The Lord is good. Unless he can sit. Okay, let's continue. Looking at how to kill fear. I want to remind us again that fear is a tangible spiritual force that obstructs what God wants to do in the lives of people. So fear must be destroyed. Fear is something that will not allow the power of God flow into our hearts, into our lives, into our circumstances. Fear shuts off the visions of heaven. Fear obstructs the flow of the Spirit. And that's why God will come. Anytime you meet people, you will say to them, fear not. I've not done the personal account, but I was told that there are 366 fear nots in the Bible. I've not done the personal account. It's one for every day, including the leap year. Each day, <laughs> there's one. So God tells us, fear not. So we must obey that. And again, let's remember... A man walking in fear, anyone walking with fear is walking in sin. Don't forget that part. If you are walking in fear, you are walking in sin. You are disobeying God. 
You must resist fear and anxiety the way you resist other sins, other temptations. It's, it's crucial. Don't think that, uh, that I met a woman once, Father in heaven. You know, I thought she was joking. This woman was full of worries. I've never seen a human being like that since that time. That was more than, more than 18 years ago. And that 18 years, I've not seen anybody like that woman. She was a doctor. Her brother is a doctor. The first time I met her, I thought, she was, I thought it was a joke. Until I told the brother, I saw the brother. I said, I saw your sister today. And she laughed. He laughed. I said, I think he asked me what, what happened. I told him. He said, that's how she is all the time. I said, no. You mean she wasn't playing with me? He said, no, she wasn't playing. She had a small skin rash. She went to the senior doctor. She's a doctor too. So they said they're not sure of the kind of what the skin rash is. So they took a small bit of it and sent to me to look at as a pathologist. So she came and met me. Now, skin rash, I see them every day. <laughs> you two have seen them many times. She has, he said, am I sure it's not skin cancer? Dude, I thought she was joking. <laughs> Until the brother told me that, no, she wasn't joking. And that's how she reasons. She had gone to read up and chose the worst thing it could be. I came to ask me that. Have I seen her in my slide, a tissue? I said, yes. What do I think? I said, I'm still looking at it. It's a bit tricky in the next day or two. Result will be out. So I'm not sure it's not this kind of skin cancer. You know, I was going to tell her, yes, it is. You know, like joking. The brother said, no, no, no. Don't joke that kind of joke with her. She just going to die at home. That woman was walking in sin. She did not realize it. She thought she was being careful. Many of the things that we think we are being careful about, God is angry with us concerning. I've told you, as a Christian, one of the signs of faith is how intelligently, carelessly you live. Did you hear what I said? I have to add the word intelligently. I don't mean you are really careless about life, but you have left everything in the hand of God properly. Not, you know, some people, there are two kinds of, you know, carefree people in the world. Some people are irresponsible, and those who are of faith, two of them look alike. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, they, they behave alike. People are totally irresponsible. And those who are walking by faith, they behave alike. It's, it can be tricky to know the difference, to be able to separate the two of them. It can be tricky, but i give you the simple way to know. The person walking by faith is very responsible in the matters of today. That's how you know the fellow is walking by faith. If you tell him, it's your duty to keep this hall wet, well arranged and the floor clean. Every time you come here, the place will be clean. The chairs will be in order. Every time. What if you ask him, what, what are you going to do about your career in the next two years? He has no idea. He's walking by faith. The person who's not walking by faith, who's just irresponsible. What are you going to do about your life next year, in five years' time? I don't know, Joe. Why? It's in the hands of God. Sounds like faith, right? Then come to the hall you told him to arrange. Some chairs are on the corridor. Mud that somebody walked in with his shoes here last week is still on the floor. Cobwebs everywhere. The chairs are dusty. When you ask him, why is this place not clean? You know, the, the Nepal did not bring light in our house. Say, bros, you live in Okunano. That's like 10 kilometers from here. What has that got to do with here? 
Are you planning to plug the vacuum cleaner 10 kilometers away? No, it meant that I couldn't boil water to have my bath on time in the morning. Excuse me, sir. You are 25. You are 30. You can't. This is not America. This is not Europe. Winter is not destroying us here. Even babies here bathe with cold water. And no, that day I was not feeling well. My nose was stuffy. He will keep on. Next one hour, he'll continue telling you a story of why the hall is not in order. That fellow, please, if you're a young woman, don't marry a man like that. I'm begging you. Better to remain single. Some of these boys, don't marry them. If you're a man like that, nobody will marry you in Jesus' name. Come and frustrate a daughter of God. It's your irresponsible behavior. If a man wants to marry you, his house is always dirty. Don't marry him until the house has been cleaned for six months. And he didn't hire somebody, he cleaned it himself. You can't clean your house. You will not be able to take care of your wife. I'm telling you. I hope I'm helping somebody who's watching us from, from far. The guy has been chasing you for six months. He can't polish his shoes. Something's wrong with him. As Vanke, I didn't know. I'm talking to somebody. I'm not talking to you. Let me just leave that one. <laughs> what am I trying to say? I'm not talking about intelligent carelessness. That's what I mean. Deliberately leaving things in the hand of God that are not directly in your control. If God says, clean this hall, and he gave you a mop, he gave you a broom, he gave you a vacuum cleaner, he has put that one essentially under your control. Say, God, I want a house. Because do you know how much they buy land? You tell him, yes, it's 12 million naira. God said, good. How much do you have? He said, 150,000 naira. He said, please, stop talking about it. Now, it's not that he won't give you the land. It's obvious you can't save enough. If you, all the, you, that 150, you saved it in six months. Which year will you reach 1.5 million? That's six months times 10, right? Which year will you reach? <laughs> that's 100 times the time it took you to gather. That's six months times 100. Which last calculation for me, that's 50 years. Common sense, you tell you that that's not your own. Doesn't mean you won't have it, but it's not your own to arrange. You leave that one in the hand of God. I hope you're getting my point. They say, okay, how do I elongate my life? There's no way. Jesus said, what do you do? Leave that one in the hand of the Lord. There is nothing you can do to prolong your life. No, Jesus told us that one. He would say, go for a regular check. It makes me, it makes me laugh. One of our sisters gave a testimony last convention I went for. As she was speaking there, oh God. I think my wife was beside me. She said, it just ordinarily removes thyroid, thyroidectomy, just to remove her thyroid. It's not supposed to be a serious surgery, which is true. It's a tricky surgery, but an average surgeon can do, can do it every day for one year and have no serious complications. Make a long story short, this, our sister, did not talk for the next one year. They finished removing the thyroid. They have, they, they have talk, told her, Things that could go wrong or may not go wrong. One of the ones that are not likely to go wrong actually went wrong in her case. The injured have vocal cords, the nerves that supply her vocal cords. So both vocal cords shut down. So she couldn't breathe. Ah, no, it's not the talk that's the issue. She could not breathe. Close the entrance to her throat. So they had to open a hole in her trachea through which she could breathe. And after a long time, just like he predicted, the nerves healed. Ha, thank God, right? 
Except that when they removed the tube, the hole that they opened had blocked every, the whole place. When you were telling the story, my wife was like, I said, sure, you know I've been saying that there's nothing, there's not, these things are not simple. In the whole of Nigeria, there was no, there was not one place they could remove the blockage. The center here, center there. He said the only way to do this is this specialized kind of equipment. The only one they had somewhere in, in Kaduna, either it wasn't working or they say it can't work for her own. Next, she has to go abroad. To talk to you, she said, right. For over a year, she could not talk. Three times the tube she was breathing through blocked. Thank God three times her husband was around. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, yeah, you, you've heard me say that. There's nothing like, let me just go to the I'm coming. There's nothing like that. Though. There was one man, there was not much wrong with him. He came to lose those days. And then when I was, I was sitting there. And they said, okay, let them come and check his intestine, whether anything is in, okay, is in order. They finished checking, they left him. And then, <laughs> sorry, I'm laughing. He walked in though, with both, both feet. They did preparation. When they finished with him, he was short of abdominal pains, pains in his tummy. The doctors who did it, they called their consultant and said, this man is shouting for pain. The doctor was on the phone. He heard, he said, he's shouting for pain. Drag him to theater now and open that stomach now. He knew what had gone wrong. The younger guys did not know. He wasn't there. He just heard on the phone. They told him, we did this, we did this, and now he's shouting for pain. He shouted, get him to theater now. By the time they opened up, they did not know they perforated his gut. End of that day, he was dead. Oh, you thought I was going to say that, praise the Lord. No. Oh, by the way, our sister, God helped her. She finally, everything. so when she came to give testimony, she was talking and shouting and screaming the house down. In this young man's case, by the following day or so, he was dead. A man who walked into the hospital like, they wanted to check. <laughs> that day I told my wife, I said, she, you heard me say it. That before you go to hospital, you go to God first. You will kneel down and say, Lord, I want to go and see that doctor. Is he okay? <laughs> if your spirit says no, go home first. Continue to pray until your spirit says, oh yeah, you can go. My friend's father died in a funny way. Told the children, I'm going for surgery tomorrow. They greeted him and everything. They took the potato, they gave him injection just to make him sleep, to start the anesthesia, and he died. No, I, I don't mean that after the surgery. That single injection was the last thing he ever felt. The surgeon didn't have the opportunity to operate on him. Please, I'm not trying to scare you. Doctors have helped many people. Should I start telling you of those that helped and they came out and they were fine? There are so many. But just to let you know, the power belongs to God. And we're checking yourself regularly. You can die in the process of checking. That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. So Jesus said, how can you elongate your life by all this anxiety? Say, there's no way. There's no way. So those who said, leave those ones for the Lord. Learn to pray. Learn to worship, learn to give thanks, learn to do the duty for today. The number of people I heard died in the last few days. Yeah? I told my wife, people they die. Oh. 
So when I finished saying it, I knelt and said, Lord, please. Um, not like I love this life too much, but we have things to do. I have children to take care of. I have a wife to look after. I have people who listen to me to set an example before. Keep me alive. That is a prayer. There's nothing that, what do I now do? There's nothing I can do. There is nothing I can do. I'm an expert in death. What do I mean? When people die, they will bring their cops to me when they don't know, find out what killed the person. I know how to do it. So when I'm saying what I'm saying, I know what I'm saying. I'm not joking. You know, I, I like my natural qualification. Because nobody looks down what I'm saying. <laughs> if I was an economist, you think I don't know what I'm saying. If I was a lawyer, you want to argue with me, I don't know physiology. Bros, not only do I know physiology, I know pathology. I know this thing, though. Don't look me like, don't do ordinary eye to look at me. Behind this face, there's a brain loaded with natural stuff, man. So what I'm, <laughs> so what I'm saying, what I'm saying, I know it very well. I can give you a hundred things that can kill you before the end of today that you can't control. One of my guys, the brother died about two weeks ago. He just had fever. Fever. And his wife is a doctor. That the man with the fever, his wife is a doctor. The fever lasted a few days. The wife treated, they went to hospital to do everything. At the end of three weeks, he was dead. By the time he died, we were not sure. We were guessing of what really killed him. When they told me on the phone, I was giving him advice. Okay, I called my, my classmate who's an, uh, what they call an intensivist. Well, an anesthetist who does in intensive care. Call her, please. I have this issue. I was giving, okay, tell them to do this, do this. We put everything together. The man died. And we don't know what killed him. They said there's an outbreak of monkeypox. Nigeria, about 600 people infected, eight dead already. Lots of people kills doctors and nurses, eh? If I now the teaching is that when anybody with fever comes to hospital, doctor and nurse, you go and wear space suit. Because usually they arrive, infect the doctor, infect the nurse, kill two doctors, two nurses, one house officer, and the patient will now recover and go home. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. <laughs> what am I trying to say? See, you know the number of things that can kill people. I've seen people walking on the road before they touched their head and they were bleeding. Somebody had shot them. They don't know who. Didn't hear any gunshot. Didn't hear anything. Stray bullet. A man in America, it was raining. So hail was falling. So he ran to his car to quickly go and move his car. A hail hit him on the head and killed him. You know, Nigeria, you know, we don't have some problems. When hail falls in those countries, hail. You, you, you know, you won't understand the plagues of Moses. You have not seen trouble. The guy ran to his car. He said, let him go and move the car because if he beats on the car, he can break the glass, will dent the car, it becomes... The law cars the auction. That's the issue. As he ran out, one fell, hit his head, and killed him. Stories. People have gone to let me get something from the bush. Snake beat them and they died. Man is jacking moto car. Moto fell and killed... <laughs> The number of people that can keep that, and they are around you. People have gone for a wedding, they serve them food. And that's it. Bride is dead, groom is dead, chief bridesmaid, <laughs> two or three guests. I'm telling you, it really happened somewhere in Enugu here. Eight of them dead in a few days. From what? Bad tin tomato. Ah, okay. By the time I finish with you today, eh, you, you'll be giving, <laughs> you will trust God because there's nothing, there's nothing. People enter moto, tanker, catch fire. They didn't do anything. One foolish man, when they were smoking, 
where somebody was carrying petrol pass. Boom. Everybody died. You want to hear more about stories? Say no. Thank you. Why I've said all of these things? Not really to scare you. Don't be, you know me that I'm telling you, am I scared? I'm not scared. I'm not going to tell you that there's no, there's no human being that can keep you. There's no human being that can keep you. Remember the story I told you a few weeks ago happened in America? A girl just came from South America. Told her father, oh, America is the safest place in the world. The following week, police mistakenly shot her and she died. They're not shooting at how? They were shooting at somebody else who attacked the store. And she and her mother hiding somewhere. As they were firing at the person, the bullet bounced off the floor, passed through the wall, and killed the girl. That's why Jesus said, which of you by taking thought can add one inch, actually one hour to the length of your life? None. So when I hear all these stories, I get on my knees and I pray. And that's what I'm teaching you too. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And important prayer. Psalm 91, important prayer. Oh, oh, the number of things that keep people in this life. One day, I, I, I just had to give one drunk man on my street, on our road, pulled down 11, you know, 11 kVA. That's, you know, never just went and jammed it. I said, what if somebody was walking past? And truly, many people have been walking past. High tension cable dropped and fried them. They died in the kitty. Pride about this. Four, eight children who were playing. High tension fell. <laughs> this life is naturally dangerous. That is why you hide in the Lord. When the attention wants to fall on you, an angel will grab it. And the problem with the angel is they know the shock. So high tension, too bad for you. Nobody to, sh- to shock today. As high tension is falling on you, an angel will grab it and throw it on one side. You will see that breeze that blew the wire away. The angel said, call it anything you like. Just give the Lord praise. They give you food that is bad. You will eat it and grow fatter. So that food is, you say that food is poisonous. Eh, poison is good for me. That's the only thing you'll be able to say. Because God will detoxify it for your sake. I hope you're getting my point. A thousand will fall at your side. Ten thousand at your right hand. None will come near you. The part of it, which is the word of God, which I don't like, but it's the word of God, is that you will be seeing it. I really, actually don't want to see it at all. But the Lord said you will see, so you will still see. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. All these troubles, out of six troubles, he will deliver you. Out of seven, evil will not come near you. It's the word of God. That's what we are saying. So he said, no evil will befall you. No plague will come near your dwelling place. That's what we are saying. The world in itself is very dangerous. Some people say, that, hey, go, go and do check. Why is that thing that I said that? When you finish checking, one doctor in America, really happened to him, you know, they say, you walk out, keep your heart pumping, keep your heart pumping, boom, boom. You finish walking out, walk out of the gym, dropped on the curb and died. Not in Lagos, not in Enugu, in the United States of America. What do you say about that? That's the point I'm going to make. So, as you are taking all these precautions, there are too many other things queuing up to take their place. You finish dieting, 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 so that your heart will be everything. They move to jam you. You are, you are even so thin now. It's easier to break you. Those who are fat, at least they have fat, they used to bounce. 
You as you hit the cake, bomb, break like dry stick. Dieting has now killed you. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. That's all I'm trying to say. That there is no way in this life. I've told you. Before you get on your knees, you wake up in the morning, get on your knees and praise God. Give him thanks for yesterday. Give him thanks that you woke up this morning. Worship him and glorify. If I spend the whole day singing. That's what I'm just trying to say. And please, stop spending so much money on checkup that you have not spent to bless somebody. It shows where your faith is. You have never spent time out to go and hear the word for one weekend. They say, okay, um, you know, some of these programs, we do, people will travel from places. One of our brothers said that day, I didn't even, he just heard that we were doing a program last year. He just called, please, book a room for me. Booked his own flight, ran down to Enugu, ready to stay the whole week. Those are the kind of things you should be doing with your energy. Here there's a faith conference going on somewhere. You identify two, three people there that can teach the word of God. And it's a whole week. Take leave now. Ah, it's not the same one. When you are going to America for checkup, you know how much you spend. All those countries have. You know, my problem with them is that, no, I'm not saying anyone wrong country, but the process. I don't like the process of traveling. Go here, go and collect visa. When they were supposed to go somewhere, is here uh, at this Alaba. You know, that I destroyed that time. I looked them. Just that they may be watching us from Ethiopia. Let me not talk. Hmm. When I saw the process of coming to Addis Ababa, I said, listen, let me just remind you people. The external reserve is $1 billion. Our own at that time was $40 billion. Do we look like meat? <laughs> <laughs> that, that I was spending this amount of energy to come to your country. And they said, I should please try and I said, hey, wait, wait, wait. Excuse me. By the time I finish getting this visa, I'll use it only one time to expire. With all this effort, I say I know they do. I'm not going. The following year, they, 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 they now changed the rules. Now became visa and arrival for even Nigerians. I said, now you people are wise. So open your doors for us, man. When we come, we put dollars in the pocket. Eh? I love some of our neighboring African brethren. When we arrived, they said Nigerians have come. Hey. When I said, I will go here, good day, good day, before I collect their visa. I said, eh. Uh-huh. I told them in my mind, Americans didn't treat me like this. They give me their visa several times. So I just show up, bam. For three minutes, I'm out of the place. I say, I know they do. <laughs> Thank God they have changed it now. Now, what I'm trying to say is that sometimes to do all this travel, the headache we go through. Now, what am I trying to say? We spend all this energy to travel for checkup. That's, that's the whole gist. That's what it's about. Why can't you use small of that energy? To travel across the same country. Go and camp with those who are hearing the word of God. For three, four, five days. Leave those businesses behind. And let's see whether God will not prove himself faithful. The snake sticking needle around your whole body everywhere. Because you don't want to die. You know what I found out? Nobody lives longer because of all those things. Nobody. How do I know? Jesus says so. I don't want to start now. Everything that has an advantage has a disadvantage. The arguments which will not be your business, let me not bring them up on the pulpit and preach. Say, do this, do that. They never tell you the the drawbacks of this, don't do that. I told you the check they use for prostate cancer, to screen men for prostate cancer. The man who invented it a few years ago said it has been a waste of time after more than 30 years. His words says it has been a colossal waste of public funds. 
He said it doesn't tell us anything more than tossing a coin. You know, and I started laughing. I said, oh, should we, when I was saying this, you faith people, now show you they do. This is not a faith man. This is a man who invented the PSA test. I'm not saying those things themselves are inherent. No, no, I'm saying it. They have good side, they have bad side. The one that has no bad side is the word of God. And people have not put diligence into that. That's what I'm just trying to emphasize. Put diligence into the word. The way you put diligence into these other things. And let's see. Put diligence into the word. They say, do mammography. Number of times a year, I say there's no problem. Have you done scriptography on the same breast? The number of times, I'm telling you the same number of times a year, and let's see the effect after 10 years. Have you? People haven't done it. They just assume the scriptures don't work. Have you sat down one day, taking a cup of water, say, okay, maybe every month, to preserve my heart, to preserve my prostate, to preserve my breast, things that they say people should check. Every month I'm going to read scripture. Listen, don't think what I'm saying is silly. Until you study quantum physics, by the time they discovered, they explained some things to Albert Einstein, the, Lord, let me just borrow one word, the Lord of Physics, L with the, uh, Lord with the small L now. When Niels Bohr and Co. explained some things to him, you know what he said it? What he called it? He said, spooky action at a distance. Spooky for a, 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 for a white man means what? Magic. Spiritual. Spooky. He said, no, how can this thing be? Till he died, he didn't agree. He died still trying to prove that it had to be wrong. But as today, they are now in thinking about how to make quantum computers. Something that Albert Einstein said was not possible. The day I discovered quantum physics, it strengthened my faith in the spiritual. Because that is the closest science has come to now to understand spiritual things. What am I going to say? How often have you put... Say, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, do this. Do it. So every month for this, I will put water down. I'm not joking. I will read scripture into the water. Then I will drink it. I will take scripture, put a bowl of water down. You know, there's juju in Christianity if you know how to do it. We get our own juju. We have our own juju. The chief Babalawo himself, the lord of Awu, when things rough, he entered the garden. He groaned. That's not what Jesus did. Thought he was joking. That's Baba Awu. That's our own, the head of our, 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 you know? He will get up and pray all night. That's Juju. That's the height of Juju. He's approaching Lazarus' tomb and he's groaning in himself. Learn to do your own juju. That's the thing. Our juju also has a war. You know what they call a war? Abomination. Forbidding things. It has. We summarize all our our ewo as what? Sin. Any sin we do is for, you know, when they do juju for you, they say, don't pour water on it. Don't bring it out during the sun. You know, they are different. Don't, don't, don't. Our own don't is don't disobey the Lord. I'm going to say something here. Learn our, I've told you. See that communion? 
Put it down. Gather your friends. Gather your family. On the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. He, he broke it and said, this is my body that's broken for you. Read Isaiah 53 on top of that. He himself took our infirmities and our diseases. Put those things there. Add it to it. Then take the cup. This is the cup of the new covenant. He said, he took the cup, he blessed it and said, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. Drink it in remembrance of me. Tell yourself the story of the covenant again. You don't have to have goose pimples. Just tell the story. Eat the bread. Drink the wine. Share with people with you. When you finish, say, by this, we collect healing for everything that people are checking, running to hospital, go and check. After 10 years, let us see. That's what I'm saying. After 10 years, let us see. Read scripture into water and drink it. Look, it's not just, it's not stupid ritual. I'm not, I mean what I'm saying. I'm telling you to do it all. There are different ways to apply the scripture. You can read it into oil and anoint yourself. You can read it directly. You put a hand on your head and put the Bible in your hand. You still transmit. Transmission or transmission? There are different ways to transmit. I'm telling you. There are times Jesus transmits with touch. There are times he transmit transmit with the word. And, you know, infrared transmission, radio transmission is the word. Do you understand? Go, your servant is well. That's radio waves. It's not a transmission. There's infrared, you will point like this. That one's infrared. Direct. Line of sight. There's electricity transmission, he will touch. Be healed. Eyes, be open. There are some that will release impulses. Do you see anything? I see men as trees. Come. Another pulse will enter. I see clearly now. You can go. Transmission is what? There are some that you will pack it in battery and put the battery on the person's eyes and say, go to the pool of Siloam. By the time you get there, the power will have fully discharged. Then wash off the remnant residue. He will make his battery from what? Clay. Put electrolyte in it with spit. Those of you who know chemistry, you know what I'm talking about. Some people who all they ever did in their life is literature and English. They don't know what we're saying. Those who know chemistry, <laughs> they get the point. As he's holding it, he's discharging spiritual energy into it. His battery. Put it here, put it here. person will be soaking it in. Healing power. By the time he gets to the pool of Siloam, it's not the pool that's the issue. It's the distance. That's my understanding. When he gets it, just to wash it off. Jesus said, okay, to require like 45 minutes for all the energy to enter. Keep this man busy so that he does not dislodge it. So take a trip to the pool of Siloam, go and wash it. Jesus used that one to calculate the distance. 45 minutes for this guy. Let's go. Thing was soaking into him, creating eyes where there were no eyes before. When he got there, the whole energy had discharged into him. He washed it off. Work had been done. It's not the pool that healed him. It's transmission. <laughs> That's what we are saying. Transmit. There are different ways. You want to take an hour reading the scriptures. Say, let me gather the power somewhere. Say, Lord, let me use this water. Take a bowl, flat, you know, big bowl. Put it there. And read scripture. Serious prayer. We're not doing... No, I was going to say we're not doing Babalao. We are doing real Babalao here. The real one. 
is the power of Christ. The power of creation is what we are handling. So we want to activate it and release it. There's what Avanzina and Kodose used to call faith extenders. It's not, listen, it's not the water itself. It's that you give yourself activity that will focus you on spiritual things. The power actually is in the word. So you start reading it one by one. From simple things like in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Sounds simple, but that tells you nothing is here by accident. You go down to Hebrews chapter 1. He says, he opposes all things by the word of his power. So this word that we are uttering is the word of power. And you just discuss that script, <laughs> discuss that thing for like one hour, reading different scriptures. One you finish, Father, I receive all of this in Jesus' name. Take your bowl of water and drink it as a faith extender. Like all, everything I have said now, you know, the word is compared to water. It washes out with what? The washing of water, how? By the word. We just use a typology there. Say, okay, all of this word, this water, you represent everything I have said so far. Now I drink it into my system. Go into every corner and make me well. According to the word of God. Let's do it first now. We, have not, we, are, we are not willing to experiment with the word of God. We want to experiment with experiment. I don't know many of the things they do for you in the hospital. You know nothing like experiment. That's why we're always doing publication. Let's see whether it works or not. Yesterday, I read one publication. They forwarded it to me. I shook my head. I said, God in heaven. They showed that for a certain type of illness, let me not tell you which one now, that this treatment, they have, they have used this treatment for more than 20 years. They finally, after many years of study, proved that it doesn't work. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? After more than 20 years. So it doesn't work more than this other one. And the other one that they said doesn't work more than has very little side effects. The one that they said doesn't work, full of toxic side effects. It was proven after more than 20 years. That sorry, it doesn't. And they are not bad people, though. It's called medical practice. We can decode that later. What am I trying to say? You have faith in that one. But some people, they hear what I'm saying. They say, listen, may I have more faith in Look, all of you that have heard me, now go and do this one I've said. My wife, please remind me, let's do it when we get home. Maybe even if not today. Just read the scripture into water and drink. Give all the chair. Everybody, come and drink medicine. Come. Take. Read, yeah. Where's Akinlu? You will lead all your younger ones, yeah. You read Isaiah chapter 53 into that water. You read Psalm 23. You will think you are going to sell it. <laughs> But doesn't matter. Your own is with life. You knew the word. You know the Christ. The problem with some of these for people is that they don't know the Christ. You, you know the Christ. You're just activating. It's called faith extension. It's the same reason why Jesus... It's called transmission. You transmit the... Look, when you lay hands, you think it's hand that heals people. It's not the power of God. In fact, E.W. Kenyon will tell you that the only reason why laying on hands is necessary is that the sick man needs to feel something. He said, if he has faith, you don't need to touch him. Yes, that's what he was trying to explain. That look like that. You know, it's called faith extending. You just want to extend faith with certain things. You think God that made them take handkerchief from the body of Paul to the sick could not have healed the sick by radio waves, like I was saying earlier, remotely? But the other people involved. So say, how do we carry it? Extend their faith. According to um, John Gillick, John Gillick said, <laughs> when the the axe head fell into the water. 
Remember that story? And Elisha said, where did he fall? He said, here. He said, get me a stick. They broke a stick and gave it to him. He threw it in the water, and the Bible said the axe had this swim. Literally, it floated. Now, John Lake explained what happened. He said it's a simple scientific thing. It's not a big deal. That the man took the wood, he had power of God, he charged the wood with the power of God, it became magnetic, he threw it inside. Normal wood does not magnetize, but when the power of God hits you, you will magnetize. <laughs> he said the wood became magnetic because of the charging. He said all Elisha did was hold it and was transmitting spiritual electricity. G. Lake said electricity is the power of God in the natural. So he held the wood, held it like this, and electricity went inside. Then when it was sufficiently magnetic, he threw it inside. They pulled every bent around there. The axe said, this swim. said, go and take it. Richard thinks, eh, they are real. They are, they are real. They are real. They are real. What am I going to say to people? Instead of using worry to be wasting your money, running up and down, looking for things that will extend your life, that can't extend your life. Invest your energy and time into spiritual things. Those days when people like Obadari and Ko used to pray for the sick, all they used was water. They will, I'm telling you, they will come in the morning, pray, 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 and we'll give you to drink. People will be getting healed after <laughs> telling you. No medicine in their place. Though. They call it prayer water. <laughs> Those who didn't understand, now I'm older, now I understand. The man can't be there laying hands only you all the time. So you come <laughs> pray over water for you, give you. Go and be drinking it. If you read scripture well, it's medicine. There are different ways to transmit. I've given a number of examples. There's direct contact with the way metals work. You know, you switch, you touch, it flows. It's flow of power. There's infrared transmission, laser transmission, line of sight. There's radio type of transmission remotely. Your servant is well. And from here, somebody there is getting healed. Can transmit it different way, charge clay, discharge electricity into the water, the power of God. Different things. It's just any way you can try. But who comes to the power of God? That's what we are saying. Whichever way, who come? Who comes to the power of God? The Lord is good. Jesus said, worry, worry, worry. It will extend your life. That's what I want to emphasize. It won't. But like, check yourself morning, afternoon, and night. The day you are going to die, you will still die. They will just change the thing that will kill you. <laughs> That's true. Remember the man, what is his name? That our guy in the Bible, Ahab. Ahab used every method not to die. He now died by accident. By chance. If I go to battle, they know I'm the king, they will kill me. He knew the other guys were looking for him. So he made Jehoshaphat dress like a king while he dressed like a common soldier. God said, no problem. When those guys caught Jehoshaphat, they said, oh, we don't catch you today. Pursued him. God said, no, no, Jehoshaphat will not die today. Jehoshaphat will not die. So they were shooting him from far. They said, we'll catch him alive. Then kill him. It was God's way of saving his life. When they caught him, he said, ha, this is not a hub now. He said, no, I'm not a hub, I'm Jehoshaphat. 
What is wrong with you? And you made us pursue, pursue you since. Our king said, don't fight young or great apart from the king of Israel. Nonsense. Out of anger, they left him. Ahab was well disguised. Then an archer just took an arrow without looking, just like this. Two up. Just shot in the direction of the soldiers of Israel. The only small gap in his armor. Pew! It entered Ahab. Nobody knew it was Ahab. The man who killed Ahab, unless he wrote his name on the spear, will never, on the arrow, he will never know he's the one. There's no, there's no method you want to use. The day of death, they only change the system. They will just change it. If you like, wear armor. That armor will not be heavy. You will not fall from a height and die. <laughs> if you want to live, get on your knees and say to the Lord, I want to live. I don't want to die. That's it. Just say it to him. Ask him sincerely. You know, if we pray, look, that's one thing I'm teaching people. Pray sincerely. Pray simply. Pray to the Lord sincerely and simply. And you'll be amazed at the kind of things he will grant. Oh, all kinds of testimonies. I'd like to tell the story of um, Joel Austin. They told him that his wife was going to die. She had cancer of the liver. John Austin, sorry. Joel's mother is the person. He said he was going to die. She had cancer in the liver. These are men of faith. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke the cancer. I command it to die. He don't rebuke, he don't rebuke. Nothing happened. So one day he sat down and said, God, Biko, I beg I beg you, please. I don't want my wife to die. You know what happened? The woman got healed. She was 48. I heard the story when she turned 84. After doctors gave her six months to live. She was 48 when that thing happened. So when the age flipped over to 84, I read the testimony. I said, What? He just simply just begged the Lord. Some of us say, you know why God doesn't answer us? We, we have too much to say. Lord, I've sacrificed for you. They say, there's one scripture we misunderstand. The Bible, you know why God gave teachers? Because there are so many things in there that to read it, they're confusing. I people say that the Bible is so simple, nobody can understand it. I don't understand the Bible, I read it. It's not true. The Bible is guaranteed to confuse you. The Bible says there are some who are not learned. They twist to their own destruction. I tell me it's so simple. Come on, don't be ridiculous. Things that angels are you know, trying to look into. You tell me it's simple. I know it sounds romantic for us to say it. The Bible is so simple. You need to have somebody help you misunderstand it. That's what they used to tell us those days. We have realized that it's not true. So we will twist the story of Hezekiah. Hezekiah faced the world. He told God all the good things he had done. It's a lie. Hezekiah did not face God to tell him all the good things he had done. I built a house for you. I gave two million naira to that project. By the time Pastor Banky and Co said they wanted to broadcast in this place, we brought money. When they were traveling here, we brought the money. That's why you will die soon. See all these, these things. As you are talking, God is going outside. The more you speak, the farther away he goes. And you shout louder, all your good words. God say, I'm coming. Before he comes back, Lazarus is dead. He said, this one, I'm not raising him up again. These are people who just ask God sincerely. They'll be talking nonsense. So Zechariah said, 
all the good. I said, what did Ezekiah say? Did you read what Ezekiah said? In summary, Ezekiah said, let me tell you what Ezekiah said. God, you know I don't have any other God. That's the summary of what he said. You know, yeah. and I'm not joking about it. I, t- I said to the Lord that today. Something happened. I said, God, you know, there's nobody else I have. I wasn't joking about it. I said, Lord, to say I believe you, I don't need to say it. Who has I ever followed all my years? I don't need to tell you. Who have I bowed to, to pray? There are times I tell the Lord, listen, if you won't listen to me, nobody will. Nobody owes me anything. That's all Ezekiah was telling him. Okay, will I go to Baal now for healing? It's not the same Baal I broke his temple. Which other God do I have? That's what Ezekiah was saying. No? And they were going to have this prayer of thanksgiving. Because I was telling the Bible didn't know. In details, he began to repent. Holy Spirit was showing him, you are misbehaving here. He said, Lord, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. I don't have it in my head now. I've studied it before. Ezekiah went one by one. Like I told the Bible, it's when, you know, God doesn't joke. In that short interval, the Lord pointed so many things out to him. And he said, Lord, I'm sorry. He made his corrections. All of it in a short while. And God told Isaiah, go back. That's what, that, that's him that happened to Jonah. Okay, God, all right, we have disobeyed you. So, which other God do we have? You are the one we sinned against. Eh? You are the one who also forgive us now. <laughs> no, that's the point he was making. Say, God, we are here because we sinned against you. So, where, we, where, where are we going to go to collect forgiveness? We sinned against God. Devil will not forgive us. <laughs> that is you. Against you, I have sinned. So, should I now go to Obatala to collect forgiveness? Did I sin against Obatala? <laughs> did I go, did I sin against Amadioha? So why would I go to Amadioha to go ask for forgiveness? Now, let's forget whether they can forgive or they can't forgive. That's not the issue. The issue is that did I go to their shrine to pour a wrong libation? The only sin I committed is against you. But loving kindness is with you. So in summary, God, here we are. If you like, don't forgive us, we will die with you. Our cups will rot in your presence. You like to smell bad things? <laughs> that was what Ezekiah was saying. Don't misinterpret it, man. People will not tell you that because I gave something to God, nothing bad should, should happen to me. As you start talking, God starts going away. You want something from the Lord? Say, Lord, you know what? I don't, you know, see that doctor I went to see. Now fear. It's not a thing, you know, Pastor Brian said they can't do anything. But, you know, it's hard for me to just sit at home and be like, I'm not doing anything. Please, don't be angry with me. I don't think they have power, but I beg. The doctor is confused. Can you help? Well, actually, I know you can help me. I'm saying, help me. That's how we handle the Lord. We come to him with sincerity. Sometimes, too much English. Don't be angry with me, what I want to say. Too much English, too much speaking in tongues doesn't let us hear, doesn't let us get anything. 
You go to God's presence and want to pray, pray. Father God, today, haka, okay, shaka, okay. <laughs> if I slap you, what do you want? <laughs> Say, sorry, the children have not eaten. Say, I have said this is now. Come here, speaking in tongues. You just say it. Say the children have not eaten. Say only the children. Well, if you give them food, that will be fine. <laughs> but me, my own, don't worry, I can handle. Should I ask more for you? Yes, just do it. Just, just <laughs> if you go to him sincere, honestly, your life will be full of testimonies. Your life will be full of testimonies. Your life will be full of testimonies. Oh, I'm telling you, if you go to the Lord sincerely, your life will be full of testimonies. Christians like to do Christianity with God too much. If you only want to pray personal issues, eh? don't shout. Don't pretend for us. Go to your toilet, just sit down there. Check out that nobody is listening. Say, God, let, let me say the way. God, when I'm in church now, you know I have to do. He calls a follow God. <laughs> say, Lord, they here? <laughs> All this one, you know, it's us you are impressed. <laughs> you are trying to impress. This is when we're in campus, when, when we're in prayer meeting. You want to show that you're also spiritual. You'll be speaking tongues that you read, you heard in a tape. <laughs> I, I, I used to look at my brethren now. We'll listen to the tape tomorrow, today. We'll get to fellowship. Ah, Kenegi has gone to fellowship too. <laughs> All the talks we heard in tape is now in fellowship. <laughs> God, you know, God, God, God used to laugh those days. They, ah, my voice. <laughs> Come to fellowship. You want to? I remember one brother those days. After everybody had finished his own, he now comes. You know, as I said, you know, small boys pray in tongues funny. And the senior boys will now come with rolling tongues, you know, tongues of Indians, tongues of Japanese. No, no. Small boys speak tongues of Chinese. No, that's Chinese tongue. That's the South American tongues, the senior boys will come. Honestly. And then when the senior brother says, ah, you'll be listening. Wow, my God, say, Lord, where will my tongue match up? <laughs> the Lord is good. It's the reason why God doesn't answer. I mean, our prayers, we play too much. You're pretending. <laughs> when you sit down and say, God, I'm in trouble. Say, are ah, you in trouble? This man is going to eject me by next week. I have to pay him. So what do you want me to do? Lord, you know what to do. I don't want to be homeless. You said the sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. It means I will never be homeless. That's why I've come to you today, Lord. Deliver me from this crisis. Pray like that. eh? You will see him answer. You will see him answer. The one that you are doing, I rebuke the landlord in the name of Jesus. How can you be rebuking somebody you are owing money? God is just to, <laughs> he wants you. Just kneel down and say, Lord, help me. God will now look at you. Say, let us talk. How much is the house rent? Say, 120000 sir. How much do you earn in a month? Say, 80000 Why can't you pay? You know, that car was a good deal. And the Lord is looking at you. So you took the landlord's money to go and buy a car. He is a sinner. Confess. No, he will demand it. Confess. 
as you want to bring out your confession, if you want to need that to pray, you first take your phone to the side. Because, hey, bring that phone, bring that phone. Drop it here. How much is that phone? Two hundred thousand, sir. How many more salaries is that? So you use the landlord's money to buy phone. They will remind you that day you're about to buy it. Your friend showed you that one that was a little bit that but half the price that does exactly the same thing. But and if something flashed through your mind, when I go for leaders' meeting, what will I hold? This one. Because I'll show you where the landlord's money went. Say, look, what do you want me to do? So you will pay the landlord with the money you sell that car for. Sir? Yes. Put for sale. I'll bring a buyer. You'll get a good price, I'm telling you. Ah! You can't remember Angela. Who was the person you were trying to impress? Because she will never bless you. If your life is being disorganized now because you want to impress her, I won't be able to help you in this life. Put it, and tell her why you're selling it to Tell everybody. In fact, go to church and go and confess. Brethren, since we started working in this place, I've not been able to give money because I've been paying, uh, paying for a car that I could not afford. The Lord has delivered me. The car is out for sale now. I found one guy prize yesterday, and I was surprised at the amount of money he offered. I've collected this, picking the car tomorrow morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So pastor said, hey, where's our portion? I said, I've given the landlord. Okay. The Lord said, I should use it to pay landlord. <laughs> no, God delivers in different ways. When people put themselves in trouble, have you ever seen that kind of before? They come and meet you. Please help me. My children are going to school tomorrow. School opened yesterday. I don't know what to do. And you're looking at the man, looking at the foundation. You're looking at the man, looking at the foundation he's doing. And you're looking at the man, you're looking at the foundation. In your mind, okay, this foundation is 3.5 million naira. The children's school fees put together is 250. And I'm seeing construction workers at your site. And you're coming to my house to come and help you. Your mind, God punish you. If you don't get out of here now, <laughs> I won't help you. When the surface say, ah, let's pray, let's pray. Father, behold your son. I'm not giving you a dime. If you know you want to pay fees, shut down your construction site. Really, not the spoils, not the spoils foundation. It is my foundation. Engineer, already here. It is hard, more more, sir. Uh-huh. I told somebody, met my friend, said, please give me money. Say for what? My, 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 my health problem. Why? He said, the house I'm building now is not letting me pay for my medicine. <laughs> you want to look at the person and say, die by fire. That is the... <laughs> The Lord is good. I mean, let's preach our message for today, Joe. <laughs> We're just trying to say that, look, God answers prayers, amen? amen? We are the ones that misbehave in his presence. Let's pray sincere prayers. You will see him walk miraculous in our lives. Amen. amen. All right, what have we been saying? Fear, all right? How do we kill fear? We lay our, things, our fears before the Lord. Cast all your cares upon him because he what? He cares for you. And we began last time that what God... What impresses God the most? The kind of person that impresses him the most. The Bible says, to this one I will look. The one that is contrite of spirit and does what? Trembles at my word. Trembles at my word. The person that God is impressed with the most is that person that builds his life, builds her life on the word of God, the promises of God. That's what we began to look at last time. And I said today, we just read some of those promises. I've explained it again and again. So don't let me do all the explanation again. God wants you to build your life on what he said. Just that he said it should be good enough for you. Did you hear what I said? 
If say, you are going to be alone, no. He said, no. He said, I will never leave you. Neither will I ever forsake you. Same means the Lord is with me. Did you see him? No, I heard him. I heard him. He said this to me from the scriptures. I heard him as his servants were teaching. So I know he is with me. He said, I will be with you always, even until the end of the age. So I know he is with me. He said, I'm sending you another comforter who will be with you always. So I know the Holy Spirit is with me. Once he has given a word, that settles it. That's the kind of person the Lord loves. The person that his life, her life is built on what he said. Once he said it, he settles it. When he said, what, what the economy is going to be, what's the economy going to be like? He said, I know a number of things. Dark times will come. Difficult times will come. Perilous times will come. But in the midst of it, the Lord will be with me. The Lord will be my shepherd. Why? He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. All my needs will be supplied. Why? The Lord is my shepherd. Do you get my point? That, that he said it. And how do you build your life on what he has said? It's simple. Just continually talk about what he has said. Use it in conversation. Exercise yourself in what he said. You know, I was thinking about it this afternoon when it comes to prayer. Prayer is not really as hard as we used to make it look. I heard a man pray once. And I'm like, oh, God is a bad example. Your church members will be intimidated. If you're a pastor, try and pray simply. Some people will pray, eh? And the other people just know that God cannot answer them. Say what? See the way God is speaking English. Look, my wife used to say that I pray funny. I was speaking with one of our brothers a few days ago. I just told him that, look, my wife said I pray funny, so get used to it. Because halfway through prayer, I was talking. You won't know when I'm praying and when I'm talking. My wife will tell you I pray in the same language with which I converse. So if you are learning to pray from me, you will learn to talk normally. Unless something, you no know, emotions can come up, understand? Uh, but I, I don't talk funny as a habit. Because I'm praying to God, and I said, <laughs> which? <laughs> What's all of that? <laughs> no, you know, honestly. <laughs> Prayer is not hard. There are a number of things, about three segments of prayer. Let me, now, three or four. Let me just list them that we can count at the end. Number one, you get to prayer, talk about the Lord. That's number one. Go to the Lord. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So talk about him. Lord, I've come to you today because there's nowhere else I will go. You're not only the creator and the all-powerful one, you're my Father. And you said, I should come in the time of my need. And I know that with you, nothing will be impossible. There is nothing that's beyond your ability to do. Are you getting my point? That, you know, you're not trying to psych him, really. You're explaining why you are there. That's it. And in that process, your, your faith is enlarged. It has happened to me several times. I want to start prayer. No, I want to pray. I start praying. But then I finish with this portion. If I remember one particular day, I told the Lord, mm, forget about it. Sorry I bothered you. I'm serious. Because by the time I finished, everything was clear. I said, well, what are we praying about? Don't worry about it, Lord. It's okay. 
I just realized that my, my, I still have the thing in mind. My logic was that you've taken care of it, so I was I even bothered about it. And I came to that point just trying to explain things. If I call it, you know, we're talking about confession, all right? Confession of sin is there, but you can take that confession of sin around. You want to confess away. You want to bring out everything you know so that if there's any shortcoming, the Lord can supply it. That's what I mean. So just, first of all, talk about the Lord. You are my great father. No father like you. Anything you do, is done. If you say no, no is no. Nobody, and by the way, Lord, no, nobody can fight your counsel. You know, you're just explaining things. It comes out what we call praise. That we call praise. Say now, that's, that's first part, talk about the Lord. Number two, talk about his promises. Things that he said. What has given you the boldness to come. You know, you say if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Just simple things like that. And you know, I was thinking about it, Lord. You said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So because you said that, I don't believe there should be any lack in my life. There's nothing you will not be able to supply. Number two, that's it. We are talking about his promises. Listen, I want to, I believe, now, what I want to say, many Pentecostals may not like it, but it's the truth. I think Pentecostals generally pray very poorly. They have a bad praying habit. Now, many of the prayers we do, I've been trying to change it over the years. God will say, help me. When we are together, we should pray together. We pray with too much cacophony. Cacophony is for when you're alone. One want to pray about an issue as believers. Well, those of us who are leading prayer, like now if we can select people leading prayer, they should have scripture they will read out for us. And the main thing we are supposed to say is amen. Now, you can say I'm not indicting anybody. We all do it. But I don't think it's proper for one to pray for Nigeria. Say, let's begin to pray for Nigeria. That, yeah, peace will reign. Everyone will be doing, peace will reign. <laughs> peace will reign. What's all of that? Somebody should come. Read the scriptures. Come and behold the desolations that the Lord has wrought on the earth. But he makes worse seas to the end of the earth. And he said, and then you say it, Lord, and as he's saying, everybody's saying, Amen. As it is written, Amen. If you see, when I lead my brother in prayer, okay, there's this meeting uh, my, me and my brethren do monthly. I write six pages. Some of you have seen it before. I will write six pages. I will tell you what to say. I don't give prayer points. Just, I know I'm not giving prayer points. I will tell you what to say. So all of us will be saying the same thing. That's what they are saying that APC, die, APC, die. And the, because, <laughs> because in your mind, you believe that that is how the country will go forward. Let's be sure we are all praying together. I will actually put it there. Say this. I put the scriptures, print out the scriptures, read out the scriptures to the Lord, remind him of his promises. When we gather together like that, the main thing everybody should be saying is, Amen. If you enter a Catholic church, there's something they do which I say Pentecostals should learn, and the Anglicans also do it. They call it responsorial sound. Somebody will say a prayer, and they have given a response that the whole congregation will release. You know, those of us who are Pentecostal, we think we are more filled with the Spirit. Ha! Listen, <laughs> oh. <laughs> all those are gyrations of the flesh. It's just your habit. Just like Catholics have some habits, Pentecostal have some habits. All of them are habits. Some of them are good, some of them are bad, but they are equally bad and equally good after all these years of observing. All the noise Pentecostals make is noise. 
Yes. And one of us, we make the noise together. When we are, I've been in prayer. But I said, I said, Banky, what's all this noise? I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I just bring out my scripture and I read it out to the Lord. Yeah, I do that. People say, praying is praying, means praying in tongues. Towards the end of his day, Kenneth Hagin said, no. Kenneth Hagin, who told us that thing, he said, no. He has found out that it's not like that. Praying in the Spirit means praying the word of God. It doesn't mean praying in tongues is wrong. I'm just going to say, can Pentecost, we, we, form, we form habits. If you're going to read scriptures well, praying in tongues like that is personal. When congregations gather, they should pray in unison, in unity. They should use the same words. They should say the same things. If we're not praying individually, it's different. Like I do, when we're in the house, we're praying. Tell my children, yeah, everybody, you have one minute, meditate on that scripture. Well, maybe we're in the particular scripture together, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay, pause, everybody. You have 30 seconds, meditate on that. So everybody goes up and down. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. We remediate on it like that. Then we pause again, okay? Now, verse 3. Then we read two verses, pause, meditate. So everybody recites to themselves again and again and again. Alright? But apart from that, when we are praying together, we should use the same words. When we are praying on the same thing, the person leading should give us words to say, and the easiest thing is for him to say the words and have us say amen every few seconds. Or you re- we repeat a scripture after him. Pentecostals have a lot of habits. There's nothing but pure cacophony. Okay, what will you do to me now if you don't like what I said? <laughs> Not. I was talking about prayer, right? <laughs> One, talk about the Lord. Two, talk about his promises. Yes, talk about his promises. And based on these two, lay down the body before him. Let him see the issue. If I know what there, then okay, as part of letting see the issue, tell him what you think, based on your understanding, he, sh- he should do, and give thanks. You know, as I was saying that, I just realized that's exactly what Peter did. Quickly, let's go to the dark book of Acts. It's exactly what Peter did. So it's important for us to understand those promises. That's what I want to say. It's important for us to understand. To have knowledge of the promises of God. And it just don't mean now that it's exactly what I said here that Peter did. What I asked after four. I read from verse 23. He said, when they had been released, okay, you know the story about that. Okay, when they said they shouldn't preach in the name of Jesus again. They went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they lifted their voices to God with one accord. Please notice that. They lifted their voice to God, how? With one accord. And said, I believe this is what they all said. Some people have said that ah, they said all kinds of things. The Holy Spirit interpreted it. No, 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 no. Someone was given an accurate account of what happened. Everybody could hear. They together said something. He said, oh Lord. See what I'm saying? Talk about the Lord. It is you. <laughs> Do you know? I did, it is, it is not struck me. When I was saying, I didn't even know Peter did exactly like that. It's just the spirit. That's the way it works. Look at what Peter did. Oh Lord, it is you who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of our father David your servant said. Can you see? He's quoting his promises, his word. 
Why did the Gentiles rage? And the people devised futile things. The king of the earth took their stand, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. He said, for truly, what is it? He was not describing what's going on. For truly in this city, they were gathered against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed. Who are those who gathered? Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your purpose predestined to occur. See, magnifying God. And now, he laid down the problems. Can you see? Now, Lord, take note of their threats and grant that your bond servants. Can you see that? He put down the problem that they have, they are threats. They have gathered again. <laughs> he said, what do we, what should I do? The Lord is asking. He said, okay, this is what we want to do. Grant that your bond servants may speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. That's it. Shikena. Is the Lord here? Of course. Simple. First, they talked about the Lord. Talked about his promises. Laid down the problems before him. Asked him what they wanted him to do. And then, as is habitual and is proper, we end this with thanksgiving. And then the Lord starts answering. In their case, immediately, the place that when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Answered. It's interesting. When I began to analyze this, thing, I didn't remember this prayer. It was when I finished that my mind just went there. I believe the Holy Spirit said, Banky, remember. That's exactly what Peter and Co. did. What am I saying? Let's fill our hearts with his promises. The knowledge of who he is. Not the knowledge of who Buari is or headsmen, or Islamic agenda. You know, I don't be, you know, I don't talk about Islamic agenda. Those of you who know me well, you know the reason. Why don't I talk about it? Everybody must have an agenda. If you don't have an agenda, you're sleeping. You're dead. So there's nothing wrong with Islamic people having their Islamic agenda. And the Islamic agenda is not my problem. Jesus did not say, go into all the world, and preach against Islamic agenda. He never said that. What did he say you should do? Preach the gospel. You know? <laughs> he said, whatever is born of God, does what? Overcomes the world. Overcomes every agenda. He said, this is the victory that has overcome the world. What's that victory? Our faith. Now, it's not our faith, our confidence. Though. No. Our faith being that that body of doctrine about Christ that we believe is called the faith. When we have understood the faith, it becomes personal. It becomes what? Our faith. How do I know? Jesus said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Every other agenda is only as powerful as we neglect our own agenda. That's it. Because as you are fighting the Islamic agenda, the agendas that are even more serious. You don't know the communist had agenda. Communism had agenda. Right now, they have been replaced by another form of, you know, atheism. It's a very strong agenda, which Barack Obama and co. were pushing. They pushed it, pushed it into Africa by force, using aid and everything. When Boko Haram was at our doorsteps, Barack Obama was quarreling with us that he would not legalize gay marriage. 
That's how you know how satanic agents behave. Ah, they say normally, what do you do with the child? You first deliver the child from danger. Then you're not disciplining him for going to expose himself to danger. You don't say, eh, eh, this child told not to go and swim. Drown, drown. No, you will jump into the pool, drag him out. When he's okay, then he will kneel down, put up his hands, and face the wall. <laughs> no, they said no. This guy saw that Boko Haram had us by the jugular. They were blocking sales of arms. Why? Because we said a man will not marry a man in Nigeria. Every man that wants to marry will marry a woman. According to the ordinance of the Almighty. The atheist said no. When God wanted to deliver us, he gave us Donald Trump. They were surprised. We were surprised. No, when Donald Trump was going for election, in Onitsha here, one church gathered. And they were marching on the street. Remember? Kind Donald Trump, like, up Donald Trump. Donald Trump for second term. Ah, Donald Trump said, see the support. You know, he, he saw the video. He tweeted it. I'm sure even he was surprised. Like, what? Shit whole country? Look at what they are doing for me. <laughs> People did not understand why. They didn't understand why. They couldn't believe. The approval rating Donald Trump had throughout his four years in office. In all these, you know, West African East African countries, they were shocked. They check it in Nigeria, 70%. In Kenya, 70%. Ah, BBC and Co. were like, what? What is going on here? These guys insult black people all the time. They didn't understand that. No, 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 no. We didn't care about that. We love God more than we love ourselves. When we saw a man who was defending our faith in God, we stood by him and said, don't worry, call us, call us names. Bros, just make sure that Barack Obama does not succeed. They are fighting Islamic agenda. They had their own agenda. Atheists. They are still pushing it till today. They wanted to force the whole of Africa. We must legalize abortion. We must legalize sex and marriage. They transgender. Everything they want to push it on us. They are there fighting the Islamic agenda. The other agendas that are worse, you don't realize. But all of them come under the power of the ultimate agenda. Of the increase of his government and of peace. There shall be no end. If we magnify the Lord Jesus, he will always win the victory. He said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The victory belongs to Jesus. You, you heard that song? Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. What have I said? Okay, maybe I will spare you. We'll go home soon. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? We'll take his promises. Take them to him in prayer. That is how we pray. That is how Christians are supposed to pray. Alright? We talk about the Lord. It's important. See, there's something I'm doing. I'm asking you to do it again. In my Bible, everywhere God is spoken about, I underline it. In my Bible, it's underlined. Well, that's why I like um, electronic Bible. Some people say that, no. Have a paper Bible. That's the one God wrote. God wrote on papyrus. Scrolls. That's what Moses and Co. wrote on. Paul still wrote on that. Bros, it will require the whole boot of my car to carry my Bible. That small Bible that we are carrying here that we are so proud of, is not the one God wrote. The one he wrote, there are plenty. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say that. Look, listen, listen. We came down to this Bible, paper one, right? In the same one manner. There's nothing wrong with the electronic Bible. Just use it with diligence, with sense. When you come to church, put everything on flight mode. And personally, I believe your screen should be more than four inches. 
Do they still make screens less than four inches these days? Huh? No, no, there's no smartphone less than four inches again. Go and look. If you find, show me at the end of the service. Smartphone. Smartphone that can read Bible. Uh, you are not sure, you see? So at least they have answered our prayer. Get a big screen. But if you are coming into church, put it on flight mode. Put it on do not disturb. All right? If you don't leave your WhatsApp on when you are in church, they will disturb you. But me, I don't have any problem. I like electronic Bibles because I use a tab, okay, to preach. Because I don't lose my notes. There are notes I see that I made when I'm reading them. Even me, I'm like, wow, revelation. I can't remember writing it. But it's in my Bible. I must have been the one that wrote it. Okay? In the same manner, if I just pick my Bible like this, I go to highlights, and I just click on His Excellency. Every, if you see all this, I'm scrolling down here. It's every part of the line of the Bible that I have underlined where God is described. Hundreds of them. For example, you see I underlined in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And you saw Peter quote it. Did he not quote it just now? Yes, he did. Everything is there. In your loving kindness, you have led the people whom you have redeemed. That's God being described. Every, as I'm scrolling, I just see different ones. Know therefore today that it is the Lord your God who is crossing over before you. You know, everything that I see, God's his character is described and his acts are described. I write them, I underline them. It's easy for me. I can extract a hundred within a few seconds. Okay? Know a lot of those things. Use them in prayer. When you start prayer, talk about the Lord. Talk about him. You that delivered your children from the bondage in Egypt and crossed, you know, helped them cross the Red Sea to the terrible wilderness, and you kept them. You kept them. As long as they were faithful, you kept them. You punished their iniquity. You know, you are talking about the Lord. Then you talk about his promises. That is the second thing. He said, Behold, the heavens and the heavens of heavens belong to the Lord your God. The earth also with all that is in it and on it. I just clicked on one randomly now. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the terrible God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger and gives him food and clothing. That's Moses speaking. It's underlined in my Bible. These are the kind of things you take the Lord in prayer. And like I said, you now take his promises and build your life on those promises. That's how you cast out fear. Now, because of time, I'm going to stop here. Okay? I'll come back again. This was what I planned to do before. What I said I'll come back to. I've been coming back to it now for... <laughs> this is like the third time, right? I'll come back. But let's read a few of it. All right? Let's rise to our feet. I don't want to keep us beyond now. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you are blessed today, give me an amen. Amen. All right, let, let's do something. Let's just take, um, let's do this thing that we have said. Let's just talk about the Lord. All right, we are going to praise the Lord together. Everybody, just, okay, let me just speak. Um, we'll just read a few verses about the Lord, and then we will now read some of his promises. Next time we'll come back, we'll go into many of the promises. I have so many of them um, uh, written out here, but time, let's, okay, let's see how far we can go anyway. All right, I'm going to quote from Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10, if you like, you can open to it. Now, now I'll paraphrase a bit, so you don't have to open your Bible, you can just listen to me, you can just repeat what I'm saying. Father, we worship you. By these words, Lord, we magnify you. We magnify you above all else. 
Because indeed you are greater than all else. You are the creator of the heavens and the earth. Lord Jesus, you establish this world by your wisdom. By your understanding, you stretch out the heavens. You uphold all things by the word of your power. And that's our hope, the word that you have given to us. Now we declare. Now let's read with Moses. Say, behold. Behold. Now say it, behold. Behold. To the Lord our God belong heaven and the highest heavens. To the Lord our God belong heaven and the highest heavens. To the Lord our God belongs the earth and all that is in it. Now say, to the Lord our God belongs Nigeria. To the Lord our God belongs Eastern Nigeria. To the Lord our God belongs 2023 in Nigeria. To the Lord our God belongs the government of Nigeria. Do you know, if you say this kind of thing, what people are planning, you know APC, everybody's been taking form. Then, okay, have you collected your form? 100 million. You can go and bargain, you know, maybe they will give you a discount. Everybody's collecting form. So I told myself, they must be up to something. Because I don't understand why a male will collect form. And suddenly, what's the name of that guy? Additional will show up from nowhere. He don't collect form. The next thing I knew, they said, Jonathan, don't collect form. I said, I too, Jonah. Then they said, Jonathan, no, it's not me. I did not send anybody. So I told my people, I said, some people are joking here. I said, who's the puppeteer doing all of these things? 100 million is just dropping anyhow. I saw a joke where the guy said, we called Access Bank. The bank is full. Let's go to Zenith. They said, no space. Hey, you were correct. 100, 100 million. But me, I laugh about it. Do you know why? To the Lord our God belongs the government of Nigeria. I don't care what anybody is planning. To the Lord our God belongs the government of Nigeria. Amen. No, there are some people that are like, ha, if we can just remove a full animal from being president, his main problem will go away. Hey, 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 hey. If you ever say that, God will amplify your problems. It's called hallowed be his name. He hallows his name. If you take his name and give to somebody else, he has to frustrate it. Deliverer is not a southern president. If you want deliverance, ask the Lord for deliverance. That's the way it is. Say it again. For the Lord our God is the God of gods. To him belongs heaven and the highest heavens. To him belongs the earth and all that is in it. To the Lord our God belongs Nigeria. To the Lord our God belongs the government of Nigeria. To the Lord our God belongs 2023 in Nigeria. For those who don't understand, in case you are listening to this another time, 2023 is the next major, we are in 2022 now. Next year is our major elections, presidential and most, you know, gubernatorial, gubernatorial elections will happen next year. So that's for us in Nigeria is a great time. It's a great time. And we are declaring again that the Almighty rules in the affairs of this nation. Say amen. amen. The Almighty rules in the affairs of this nation. Amen. And it sets upon the kingdom of Nigeria, whosoever he chooses, even the lowliest of men, he can put upon the kingdom. To him belongs Nigeria. He's a governor in this nation. The Bible says he's a governor amongst the nations. He's a ruler amongst the nations. Therefore, this nation is included, right? Lord, we say you are the governor amongst the nations. You are the governor over this land. In the name of Jesus Christ. So Moses also tells us this. 
He said, for the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who does not show partiality or take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. I want us to read together. Everybody open to that verse 17. Deuteronomy chapter 10. That verse 17, I want us to read it together. Then after that, we'll go to one of my favorites, Jeremiah chapter 10. Remember, talk about the Lord. Make it a habit. Please, you know. My classmates keep on telling me, they, they, they call me APC pastor. Now, not because I'm a member of APC. All of you know I'm in PDP. <laughs> now, that's a joke. I'm neither in APC or PDP, all right? But <laughs> what I keep wanting to say, why, why? I say, why do you people ascribe so much power to one human being? And that's what I keep wanting them. He said, I said, no. I'm disagreeing with I'm not supporting him. I'm disagreeing with you for you to, ask, to ascribe such power to a human being. Why do you regard man? When his breath is in his nostrils, why should he be so highly esteemed? That's what I tell them all the time. So all this insecurity is not doing anything. I say, what can he do? He's overwhelmed too. Help, O oh Lord, my king. The king said, help you. Help you. Help you. From, from where will I help you? From the external reserve? From where will I help you? From the oil fields that have been bombed and most of the crews stolen? From where will I help you? From EFCC that have to sack the ogre of EFCC? From where will I help you? <laughs> Was that not what the king said? He said, from where will I help you? You don't know kings can be overwhelmed? Yes. I remember that time. <laughs> Good luck, Jonathan, our president. He said there's Boko Haram everywhere. How many people remember? He said Boko Haram in the police, Boko Haram in the army, government in government house, government, Boko Haram in Asso Rock. The man suddenly didn't know who was with him. I'm sure he looked at uh, his VP. What's the name of his VP that time? Namadi Sambo. I'm sure he looked at Namadi Sambo. You look like a Boko Haram man. <laughs> he didn't know who to trust. And the man exclaimed loudly, there's Boko Haram everywhere. You not tell the same man to help you, he will tell you, from where will I help you? From the threshing floor? From where will I help you? When there's Boko Haram everywhere. But you know, God will continually send us help. Yes. So I tell people, I say, listen, stop talking about the head of state so much. You know, I also say they are going on strike again. And the federal government said, nah, they're more good to election. I did not even send them. They did one month, they didn't answer. They added another month, now they have added three months. And everybody's tired of us. Federal government is not even answering. That is like students went in Benin, they went and blocked the airport, said nobody's flying anywhere. They didn't hear any federal government say anything. When everybody's taking form for 100 million, you think, who get that fast? They're overwhelmed. My, some of my friends say, don't mind this ASU. They are members of ASU, but they say, don't mind ASU. They are Marxists, they're angry. Yes, that's what some people are saying. You think the president can solve all the problems? He can't. Only God makes wars to cease. Only the Lord makes wars cease. That's why you must be careful all the time to talk about the Lord. Stop talking about the president. He's a human being. Stop talking about a political party. They are human beings, half of whom are very hungry. I'm telling you, they joined the party because of food. The other half, I'm so sorry, 75%. In fact, 90%. No, in fact, why we even say 90%? Those who vote, 99%. They just queue up to vote. The person who's giving them food, say, okay, line up here. 
said, the multiplier of who said, line up here. One man, he analyzed Nigerian politics for me. I said, my God. He says, the man who produces food that gathers the party people. As I some of us are speaking English. How many people have you given food? <laughs> when it's time to vote, they will check, okay, who is multiplying bread? You say, now nah, this guy, they, that's why they are queuing. And those are the people you want to solve your problem? Haba. Talk about the Lord. What did I say? Let's read together. Deuteronomy chapter 10. We are reading from verse 17. Please, if you can, use the New American Standard so our voices can synchronize. Are you there? Now, one, two, let's go. Sorry. Let's turn it. It's supposed to be the Lord, our God. Moses was saying the Lord, your God. So we are going to say it's the Lord, our God. One, two, let's go. For the Lord, our God, is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God who does not show partiality nor take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. What I want to bring out is that he said that he is a God of God. Say amen. amen. The Lord of Lords. Amen. The great, amen. the mighty, amen. and the awesome God. Amen. Don't you like that? Don't you like it? How is it described? Go with me. The great. Let's go together. The great, the mighty, and the awesome God. One more time. The great, the mighty, and the awesome God. Say one more time. The great, the mighty, and the awesome God. I want to hear one more time. The great, the mighty, and the awesome The last time is the great, the mighty, and the awesome God. Quickly, Jeremiah chapter 10. Let's do that one together also. Jeremiah chapter 10. Are you there? I love this. I love this. I love this. If I feel like calling my children for you, they can read it from the back. And then I said, Jeremiah chapter 10, they dropped their Bibles. Let's go. They recited it off-head. Because we recited a lot in the house. I, first time I read this, well, when I read it before, I didn't notice, but one day I heard it on tape. And the man who was narrating it, that man is anointed. Well, and by the way, should I have a Bible? Now, when, I, when you want to listen to Bible, not those ones that I read with computer voice. So. The Bible says the Bible, then Jeremiah began to prophesy. No, I mean, <laughs> please, get one that was narrated by a human being who was reading the Bible. They have a voice that will inspire you. I hope you get my point. The day I heard somebody read this, I had to quickly open my Bible and underline everything there. We're going to read from verse 6 all the way to verse 16. We're all accustomed to this because we read it a lot here. Please, let's use New American Standard so we can read together. One, two, let's go. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and great is your name in might. Who will not fear you, O King of the nations? Indeed, it is your due. For among all the wise men of the nations, and in all their kingdoms, there is none like you. But they are altogether stupid and foolish. In their discipline of delusion, their idol is wood. Beating silver is brought from Tarshish, and gold from Ophaz. The work of a craftsman and of the hands of a goldsmith. Violet and purple are their clothing. They are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God, is the living God, and the everlasting King. At his wrath the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. Return again. But the Lord is the true God, is the living God, and the everlasting King. At his wrath the earth quakes. And the nations cannot endure his indignation. One more time. But the Lord is the true God, 
is the living God and the everlasting King. At his wrath, the earth quakes, and the nations cannot endure his indignation. 11. Thus you shall say to them, The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Say that again. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth. One more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the The last time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Wait. Why should I worry about any other agenda? When this prophetic word has been released. If we magnify the God that made the heavens and the earth, every other God will perish. That's a matter of fact. Let's do one more time. The gods that did not make the heavens and the earth will perish from the earth and from under the heavens. Verse 12. It is he who made the earth by his power, who established the world by his wisdom, and by his understanding he has stretched out the heavens. When he utters his voice, there's a tumult of waters in the heavens, and he causes the clouds to ascend from the end of the earth. He makes lightning for the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. 14. Every man is stupid, devoid of knowledge. Every goldsmith is put to shame by his idols. For his molten images are deceitful, and there is no breath in them. They are worthless. They are of mockery. In the time of their punishment, they will perish. The portion of Jacob is not like this, for the maker of all is he, and Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. The Lord of hosts is his name. Don't you feel good reading this? No, really. Don't you feel good reading this? If you wake up in the morning and read this, that whole day you will not be afraid. If you go to sleep at night, you read this before you go to lie down. Fear will jump out of the window. In fact, you will see fear jump from the roof and commit suicide. <laughs> Just jump from the roof and kill itself. These words will kill fear. I'm telling you. That's why David said, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. It's important. When we go to the place of prayer, let's first always, never forget it, magnify the Lord. Next thing you do, begin to talk about his promises. Begin to talk about his promises. There's these two of those promises before we go. Quickly, Psalm 23. I know we know that by heart. It's one of the most powerful. Even though we all know it, but it's still very powerful. I've learned this from childhood. At what age did you learn it? Let me start asking people. Sir, what age did you learn this Psalm 23? Don't tell you were born in a Muslim. That's when you learned it. Recently. Only 20 years ago. Wow, this is serious. How long have you learned this thing? Eh? Before you were five years old. Me and you came from the same family. <laughs> Your own uncle? Small. Yes, you are more like, in fact, you are more familiar than him too. Eh? Teenager. Sure. They learned this thing for old age. Psalm 23. I, I use it to suck breast. <laughs> I use my shape. <laughs> oh, joy. When did you learn this? Thing? Well, everybody's a kid at five, ten. Which one? Which age? Four. Four. Hey, that's more like it. Hey, Ogan Pascal. Your behavior must have learned it before it grew. <laughs> when did you learn this? Ten. Ah, you learned it later. Thirteen? Ah. Did you grow up in the shrine? <laughs> <laughs> when did you learn it? Primary, 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 
Hey, hey, that's where you're supposed to learn it now. The Lord is my shepherd. Okay. I went to catechism as a child. Okay, maybe those of you didn't go. When did you learn it? You won't know the year. <laughs> oh, correct. <laughs> the Lord is good. No, this are, no I, learned, you know, I went to catechism as a little child. I, I can't remember learning this. I just remember knowing it. I can't remember learning it. You went, you went to church, it's stuck in your head. You didn't even know it was a Psalm 23. You just knew it was something you knew. You only grew up to discover that it's a Psalm. And it's David that wrote it. But that the Lord is your shepherd, you knew that before you knew any other thing. But you know what? No matter how much we have learned it, becomes, it has become common. It's still very powerful. The Lord remains our shepherd. And for that reason, we will not lack anything. Therefore, let's read it together. Let's use it in New American Standard, because that's what we've been using. I just want us to, even though we all know it by heart, I want us to read it together. So please open to that portion of the Bible so we can use the same words. I want to, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. amen. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Look, this psalm is eternally sweet. It's eternally refreshing. These are the scriptures that they say, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. If you ever forget, read Psalm 23, you will know. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. Thy word is settled. Let's do Psalm 27. Quickly. Just scroll down quickly. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. It's settled. It is settled. It is settled. Hallelujah. 27. One to let's go. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing have I asked from the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will guide me. He will lift me up on a rock. Verse 6 and the last. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Give the Lord thanks in your own words. Just give the Lord thanks. On these promises we rest. 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 The Lord is our light. The Lord is our salvation. Who shall we fear? We will not fear anybody. The Lord is the defense of our lives. We will not be afraid of anyone. 
Even though evil doers come against us, intending to devour our flesh, those enemies, those adversaries, they will stumble, they will fall. A whole army may camp against us, yet our hearts will not fear. War may arise in different angles. In spite of this, we will be confident. Yes, in spite of all of this, we will be confident. In the midst of it, we will seek the Lord. Yes, we will seek the Lord. In the midst of it, we will seek the Lord. Our head will be lifted up above all these enemies round about. And we will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. Yes, we will sing. We will sing praises to the Lord. Let's give him praise this evening as we close. Let's say, Lord, we thank you. We give you praise.